Good morning. I want to thank uh, Dr. Cole and Dr. Taylor for the opportunity to preach and to fill the pulpit. I, it's an honor, and I don't take it lightly, so I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to the message that God has for us this morning. This morning, I want to share with you what I see as the most terrifying truth in all of Scripture. This is a truth that should strike fear in the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl here today. It's the most frightening thing that we see in the Bible. The most terrifying truth in all of Scripture is this, that God is holy. God is holy. You may be thinking that I've lost my mind. Why is that terrifying? What's the big deal that God is holy? The reason why the fact that God is holy is the most terrifying truth in all of Scripture is because we are not. We're sinners. We're unholy people. And to think what a holy God must do with unholy people is a terrifying thought. So this morning I want to ask you, what is your response to the truth of God's holiness? Is God honored as holy in your life? Do you live your life in view of the holiness of God? This morning we're going to be in a passage of Scripture that tells us how one family reacted to the holiness of God. We're going to be in the book of Leviticus chapter 10. Leviticus chapter 10, right after Exodus in your Bibles. And Leviticus is often known for its laws and regulations, but this morning we're going to see the story of a family. And this is a family of a man named Aaron. Aaron was the brother of Moses, and he was the high priest of Israel. And this means that Aaron and his sons were responsible for uh, making these sacrifices on behalf of the people. And up to this point in the first nine chapters of Leviticus, we've seen all these different types of sacrifices that they were to make uh, for different purposes. And God intended for all of these sacrifices to be, uh, the rules for these sacrifices to be followed down to the T. They were to be done exactly as God had commanded. And in fact, at the end of chapter nine, after they had offered all these sacrifices, God was pleased because they did it like he told them to. And he shows his approval to the people. But then things change. In chapter 10, we're introduced to two of Aaron's sons named Nadab and Abihu. And we're going to see how these two men react to the fact that God is holy. But before we begin, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time to come and hear it preached. We believe it's good and true and sufficient for us. Help us to understand it. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. The first truth we see in our passage this morning is that disobedience will be disastrous. Disobedience will be disastrous. Notice verse 1, chapter 10. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective firepans 
and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came down out of the presence of the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, it is what the Lord spoke saying, by those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron therefore kept silent. What we see here in this passage of scripture is that Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, they, they come to make an offering before God. And this type of offering they had involved taking some uh, fire and incense and burning the incense in a, little, in a little pan they had. But the catch was is that the coals for the fire were to be taken from a very specific altar that was already burning. Now we don't know exactly what they did wrong, but it says that they offered strange fire or unauthorized fire. The point is they didn't do what God had commanded them to do. And they, they offer this strange fire. It says at the end of verse one, which he had not commanded. And then in verse two, it says that when they did this, fire came from the presence of God. They're at the tabernacle, they're at the tabernacle where they're offering their sacrifices and fire comes down and consumes both men. It burns them and the Lord kills them right there because they offered this unauthorized or this strange fire, which he had not commanded. And then as they're, as they're standing there, as Moses and Aaron are standing there over the charred bodies of Aaron's sons and Moses' nephews, notice what Moses says in verse 3. This is exactly what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. God says, I'm holy God. Therefore, you don't come to me any way you choose. I set the rules for how you approach my presence. And you may be thinking, well, this sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? They just did one thing wrong and God shoots out fire and consumes them. And I understand where you're coming from, but we got to remember something. We got to think who we're talking about here. We're not talking about a man or woman who executed this punishment. We're not talking about a police officer. We're not talking about a government official. We're talking about God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who set the planets in motion and holds up the sun in his hand and causes the rivers to flow and the ocean tides to rise and the trees to grow. And he sustains my life. He sustains your life. He's the one that in Isaiah 6, the angels fall on their faces and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is no mere man that they've sinned against. Nadab and Abihu knew better. They were priests. It wasn't like they didn't know what to do. God had just given them nine chapters of instructions for how to offer these sacrifices. And what do they do? They don't have a little slip up. They participate in high-handed, premeditated, deliberate rebellion against God. They were the priests. They knew what to do. It reminds me of an army that was locked in a ferocious battle with the enemy. 
And there on the battlefield, there was a captain and his men. And the captain wanted desperately to move his troops to a nearby ditch to try to get what he thought would be a better position against the enemy. And so he goes to his commanding general and says, I I need to move my troops into this ditch. It's going to be a better position for us. I think this is what's best. But the wise old general knew better. He knew that if the captain was to move his troops into the ditch, that the enemy would come and shoot them like fish in a barrel. But the captain, thinking that he knew what was best, chose to disobey the general's command. And the captain, in direct disobedience to his commanding officer, took his troops anyway and moved them into the ditch. And within five minutes, the enemy swoops in and guns them down like animals in a pen. Every single one lost their life. The disobedience of the captain brought disaster for him and his men. And friends, our disobedience is no different. We're not any, we're not any different than Nadab and Abihu. We're not any better. We don't have any spe- more special privileges before God. God doesn't lower his standards based on who you are. Nadab and Abihu knew what they were doing. They knew that they were disobeying God and their disobedience brought disaster. See, punishment comes from disobedience. God is good. He must punish the bad. That's that's what a good judge does. He punishes the criminals. And so I plead with you this morning to heed God's instructions. Don't be presumptuous against God. We all need to realize that God is holy and we are not. And we have to do things His way. We've seen that disobedience will bring disaster. But our text also tells us that duty can be difficult. Duty can be difficult. Notice verse 4. Moses called to Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Aaron's uncle, Uzziel, and said to them, Come forward, carry your relatives away from the sanctuary to the outside of the camp. So they came forward and carried them still in their tunics to the outside of the camp, as Moses had said. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, so that you may not die, and that he may not become wrathful against all the congregation. But your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, shall bewail the burning which the Lord has brought about. You shall not even go out from the doorway of the tent of meeting, or you will die. For the Lord's anointing oil is upon you. So they did according to the word of Moses. So after Nadab and Abihu have been struck down by fire from God's presence, Moses calls for their cousins, Mishael and Elzaphan, and he says, Pick up these burnt bodies who still have their, their, their clothes on us. It didn't even burn their clothes. It burned them. And he says, pick them up and take them outside the camp and dump them where the animal carcasses are dumped. So they pick them up and they carry them outside. And then in verse 6, notice that Moses gives a very interesting command to Aaron and his two remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar. Notice verse 6. He says... Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes. 
And then on down to the end of the verse, but your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, shall bewail or mourn the, the burning which the Lord has brought about. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, Aaron, Eleazar, Ithamar, you father and brother of these two who have been killed, you're not allowed to mourn. Don't tear your clothes. That was a sign of mourning for them. Don't uncover your head. He says in verse 7 that you're not to leave the tabernacle, the tent, where you were working for the Lord. And he gives a reason there at the end of verse 7. For the Lord's anointing oil is upon you. See, the anointing oil, back, uh, back then what they would do is they would take the anointing oil and pour it on the person to signify that that person had been given a special task, set apart for a special purpose. And Aaron and his sons had been set apart for the work of God as priests. And because they have the Lord's anointing all on them, because they have a duty, they're not to even mourn for their lost loved ones. Do you think that was tough for Aaron and his sons? Have you ever lost a loved one? We all have. You know the pain in your heart and the grief that you feel. And imagine not being able to display that, not being able to show grief. See, here's something very important about this passage that you have to understand this to understand the passage. It seems like God is being harsh, but think about this. The priest, Aaron and his sons, were the ones who the people looked to to know what God thought about things. The priests were the ones who were to live the godly lives. When the people wanted to know something about God, they were to look towards the priest to, to find out. If, if Aaron and his sons would have mourned the death of Nadab and Abihu, it, would have showed, it, it could have showed the people that God was unfair or unjust in what he did. The priest, they had the Lord's anointing all on them. They were performing the duty of the priesthood. They had, they could not show any sign that God had acted unfairly against the priest who he had killed. And this is the point of this, is the point of this passage right here. You and I must treat God as holy no matter what. You and I must treat God as holy no matter what. We saw what happened when Nadab and Abihu didn't treat God as holy. They were struck down. They were judged. They were punished for their disobedience. And here we see Aaron and Eleazar and Ithamar. They know that even though it's a difficult duty not to mourn and to keep on with their task, they have to treat God as holy. Because remember what Moses said in verse 3, he told Aaron, this is what God's already said, by those who come near, I will be treated as holy. And by, those, and by all the people, I will be honored. You must treat God as holy no matter what the situation. I'm sure many of us have been given a job before that was especially difficult Maybe your boss gave you a task that was going to take a ton of energy and time to do. We've all had things like that. And maybe you've been in the situation like I have before that I could, you could have gotten away 
with not doing it correctly. You could have cut corners. Your boss would never have known. You could have cheated your boss. You could have taken the easy way. But instead, you chose to honor your boss. You chose to honor him or her because they were the one in charge. And so you do it the hard way. You do it the difficult way because that is your duty. Folks, sometimes God gives us hard jobs. Sometimes he, gives, he may give you the hard job of having to love that unlovable person. We all have an unlovable person in your life. You don't have to point fingers at who it is. But we all have that person. Maybe you have a sin in your life that you've been battling for years. This is too hard to get out of your life. See, this passage is telling us that even when, when duty is difficult, we must treat God as holy, no matter what. You may be saying, it's too difficult. Preacher, that's good and well. I know, I'm, I know what I'm supposed to do, but it's too hard. I, can, I just can't love that unlovable person. I, I just can't get this sin out of my life. That's right. On your own, you can't. On my own, I can't. Nobody can do these things on their own. That's where God comes in. If you're here this morning, you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've, you're following Jesus and you've given your life to Him, I've got good news for you. God's given you a gift. It's called the Holy Spirit. When you turn your life over to God, He gives you the Holy, His own Holy Spirit to live in you and to indwell you. And He empowers you for service. He helps you love that un unlovable person. He helps you battle that sin in your life and have victory over it. It's the greatest gift you could be given is God Himself living inside of you. And if you will rely on His Spirit and if you will rely on His grace, you can do anything that He wants you to do. That's the beautiful thing about the Christian life is that God does not leave you on your own. On our own, it would be impossible to follow all the commands of God. But He's a good God and He gives good gifts to His children. And He's given us the Holy Spirit and we need to rely on on Him and rely on His grace to get us from day to day. We all need God's grace to get us from day to day. I couldn't make it without it. But those things I just said only apply to those of us here today who are believers. God only gives His Spirit to those who give their lives to Him and trust Him for salvation. If you're, if you're here this morning and you're an unbeliever, you've never turned your life over to God, let me tell you, you need to treat God as holy in your life. And I want to tell you how to do that. You need to turn your life over to God. If God really is holy, like the Scriptures say, if God really is the Almighty, if He really is the good and just God, we can only have one response, and that's to turn our lives over to Him and trust Him to take care of us. See, here's the good news. Here's the good news I want to give you this morning. When God created everything, it was good. There was none of this killing, you see, when you turn on the news. There was none of these uh, disasters that strike, these mass shootings like they had in Virginia just a day or two ago. 
That didn't exist. God created everything good. But humans, we've chosen to mess it up. We've chosen to sin against God. And our sin brings, uh, disobedience brings the death and the sickness and the pain and the suffering into the world that we have to endure. But the good news is that God did not leave us on our own. God loves you so much. He loves you. Not, these, not people in general. He loves you and every person so much that He was willing to send His own Son to the earth. He was willing to send Jesus to the earth and Jesus lived a sinless life. You remember in uh, Romans chapter 3 it says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But not Jesus. Jesus never disobeyed God like Nadab and Abihu do and like you and I do. Jesus was the only perfect person who ever lived. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. That means that when you sin, you get paid. What you deserve is death. It's physical and spiritual death. But the second part of that verse says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, if Jesus never sinned, then He didn't deserve to die, right? He should not have got paid in the wages. But He loved you so much that He went to the cross in your place as your substitute. He took the punishment for you. And He was buried. And then three days later, He was resurrected. And He lives today. Jesus is alive today. And He stands to intercede and to save those who come to Him. And the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That means that if you're here today and, and you haven't given your life to Christ and you haven't turned to Him for salvation, you need to confess Him as Lord. That means put Him in charge. Make God the boss of your life. Turn from your life of sin and say, God, I want to live for You. I'm tired of the way my life's been going. I want you to be in control. And then you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That means that you have to believe that Jesus died in your place and was buried and he was resurrected and he can give you eternal life. And the scriptures say that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That means that today in your seat, you can be saved. You, now listen, you may not have come here this morning thinking, hey, I, I think I want to get saved today. I think I, wanna, I think I wanna get right with God today. And if you came here thinking that, that's fine. I'm glad you're here. But I want you to know that if down in your heart, you know that you disobey God, just like we all have. You know that you could be in the same situation as Nadab and Abihu were here in this passage. Then harden not your hearts and turn to God and He'll save you. Call out to God. He wants to save you. You can't do enough to save yourself. The scriptures say that by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's God's gift. It's not of works so that you can't boast and brag that you saved yourself. So I want to encourage you this morning to not treat God lightly. We must treat God as holy no matter what. Disobedience brings disaster. And sometimes... The duty can be difficult. But you and I have to treat God as holy no matter what. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the message we have here in Leviticus 10 of two priests who did not obey you. Two priests who came to you lightly, who didn't take you seriously, who didn't, who didn't want to follow your instructions that you must be treated holy by those who come near. And Father, I thank you also that we saw that other members of Aaron's family, they must obey you even when it was difficult. And Lord, I pray for the people here today. Like I said, they might not have come here wanting this, but Father, I pray that everybody here would know in their hearts that we've disobeyed you and that we must be, God, a holy God must punish us for that. But you have provided forgiveness for our sins. And if there's anybody here today who who has never asked you for forgiveness and who has never turned their lives over to you to receive salvation, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. And I pray that they would uh, have the courage to, uh, to give you control of their life and to ask Christ to save them. Father, I pray for the believers here today that they know you haven't left them alone to try to obey you, but you've given your Holy Spirit. I pray that's a great encouragement to those here and that we leave this place knowing that you love us and you care for us and you want us to obey you and you've given us the gifts necessary to do that. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.